Okay, turn to Matthew 7 and John 7. Put a marker at Matthew 7 and open your Bibles to John 7. All right? Matthew 7, John 7. Very easy. Open your Bible to John 7. Put a marker at Matthew 7. We're in a series called My Best Friend, The Son. And we're talking about Jesus. And we're looking at some things that Jesus revealed to us while he was on this earth that help us understand who he is and get to know him as our best friend. And this week, the title of the message is The Teacher. The Teacher. You know, the, the Gospels refer to Jesus as a teacher 48 times. 48 times he is referred to as the teacher. The teacher in the Gospels. And he was the greatest teacher to ever teach. Would you agree with that? You know, there are, there are atheists. There are atheists that believe that Jesus was the greatest teacher to ever live. He was incredible. That people would follow him into remote places. People even followed him into deserted places where there was no food to hear him teach. People followed him when he got in a boat and went across the sea. They got in boats and followed him across the sea. They just wanted to hear him teach. He was incredible. So let me read you some verses. We'll get to John 7 in a minute. I'm going to read two verses before that, all right? Matthew 13, verse 54 says, When he had come to his own country, he taught them in their synagogue. He walked into their place where they were used to hearing teaching and began to teach. Watch, so that they were astonished, astonished, completely blown away, shocked, amazed, and said, where did this man get this wisdom and these mighty works? Matthew twenty-two thirty-three 33 says, and when the multitudes heard this, they were astonished. They were astonished at his teaching. People are still astonished at the teachings of Jesus. All right, now look at John 7, verse 32. The Pharisees heard the crowd murmuring these things, that he was the Christ and things like that. They were told me, if you go back and read it, just verse 30 and 31, that he was the Messiah. These things concerning him, and the Pharisees and the chief priests sent officers to take him or to arrest him. They sent the police to pick him up. Verse 45. Then the officers came, this is one of my favorite verses of the Bible. The officers came to the chief priests and Pharisees who said to them, Why have you not brought him? The officers answered, No man ever spoke like this man. <laughs> Can you imagine? Send the police out and the police come back and they got baptized too. <laughs> They're just shocked. So, so what made him such a great teacher? So let me tell you three things, all right? Number one, he taught authoritatively. He taught authoritatively. Now look at Matthew 7. Hopefully you put a, a marker there. Just flip to Matthew 7. These are the last two verses of the Sermon on the Mount. And uh, it's, it's, it's not, in other words, Jesus has ended his sermon. All right? And verse 28 says, And so it was when Jesus had ended these sayings, the Sermon on the Mount, greatest sermon ever preached, that the people were astonished at his teaching. For, or remember the word for, uh, it means because, because he taught them as one having authority, now watch this little phrase, and not as the scribes. 
In other words, they didn't teach with authority. Now, you need to understand that Jesus came into an atmosphere that was dull and dry and boring. I don't know if you've ever been in any atmosphere like that before. But there are some places that are dull and dry and boring. And people come every week, get their bulletin, sit down and bear it for 60 minutes. And Jesus showed up in their services and in that atmosphere. And they were used to hearing the rabbis teach. And you have to understand something about the rabbis. The, the rabbis could never contradict what any other rabbi had said. They couldn't do it. They, they simply had to confirm what everyone else said. It was the, here, Here's what one commentator says. Let, let me read this. One commentator said, and we have, we have all sorts of rabbinical sermons. We have books of rabbinical sermons. Trust me, though, don't, they're not bestsellers. Don't buy it, all right? Here's what one commentator said. It is the driest, dullest collection of disjointed comments upon every conceivable problem in the history of mankind. Doesn't that sound exciting? See, they, they could not contradict what any other rabbi said. So here's the only way to preach something new. And you have to understand, because of God being eternal and infinite and, and revelatory and that we don't have all revelation, every time we open the Word, we can see something new because of revelation, because of who God is. He's so awesome. He's so wonderful. You know, the, the, the 24 elders, fall are all, every time you see them in Revelation seven times, they're falling down before the throne. They fall down and worship. They fall down and worship. One, one theologian said the reason they do that is because every time they look up, they see something about God they've never seen before. And they do it for all eternity. That's how amazing God is. But, but these rabbis didn't have that revelation of God. So the only way to preach something revelatory was to make up more rules. Now again... I want you to see if this reminds you of anything. Just make up more rules. Do you realize that they made up 640 rules for how to follow the Ten Commandments? God gave Ten Commandments. The Pharisees and scribes and the rabbis gave us 640 more. 640. You say, well, I'm glad I didn't live then. You had not been to some of the churches I've been to. <laughs> they just make up more rules every week, and you can't keep up with them. You can't wear pants, ladies. You can't wear makeup. You can't play cards. You can't go bowling. Why don't they just say you can't have fun? <laughs> if you're a believer, you just can't have fun. Jesus came into that atmosphere and taught with authority. With authority. Now, let me tell you why he spoke and taught authoritatively. Because he was and is truth. That's why. Grace and truth walked on this earth. Now, I've got a one main point that I'm driving all of you to because of the teacher. Tell me about the teacher. Here's why. We have his teachings right here. 
We have grace and truth teachings right here, and we don't even read them. If, if I said to you, next week, now next week, let me tell you something. Jesus is going to be here teaching. Would you come? Some of you are thinking about it. Oh, well, it's kind of, my, kind of busy. If Jesus, if I said, and if you knew for sure, I wasn't just making it up, if Jesus himself were going to be here next week, would you come? Yes. Listen to me. He'll be in your closet tomorrow morning. If you'll walk in there and read his book and meet with him, he'll be there. Here's his teachings right here. He taught authoritatively. Here's the second thing I want to tell you. He taught practically. Practically. It, it, he never said religious nonsense. I hear a lot of religious nonsense. I mean nonsense. A lot of it you hear on Christian television. And I'm on there. <laughs> but you hear a lot of nonsense. And, and I've said to Debbie many times, why would anyone listen to that? That's nonsense is what it is. Jesus never did that. He was practical. Listen, he, Jesus said things like this. If you're at odds with someone, go get it right. Don't go to church and play a game. Go get it right. Here, here, that's practical. Here's something else. Don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow has enough worries. That's practical. Don't worry about tomorrow. Here, here's, here's another, and I'm just paraphrasing some of his teachings. Stop being greedy and start giving. Because your heavenly Father wired you to give, and you'll never be happy if you're greedy. But you'll always be happy. Happy are those. Happy, happy, happy. It's the way he started this Sermon on the Mount. Happy are those. That's what the word blessed means. I've told you that. Makarios. Happy are those who are giving and unselfish. That's what he's trying to tell us. It's all through there. It's just so practical. You know, you know what he says in one of his teachings? In a, in a, again, I'm paraphrasing. He says, do you know how you got here? Do you know how you got here? He's trying to tell the Pharisees. He said, you were created in the image of God. Now, you, you did not evolve from a gob of goop. I don't care what Dr. Fuzzy Face tells you. <laughs> I don't care. They are not intelligent to tell me I evolved from goop, or that the world got here because nothing collided with nothing. How did we ever get that one taught in our classrooms? Nothing collided with nothing, and you got here. It's crazy. You know what that is? No truth speaking. No wisdom speaking. Jesus says, you, you, you were created in the image of God. And then he says, but do you know the condition you're in right now? You are a marred image of God because of sin. But do you know what you need? You need a loving and compassionate, sympathetic Savior, and he's standing in front of you. Amen. That's practical. Amen. It's all, all through Scripture. You want to know how to be married? It's in the Bible. You want to know how to raise kids? It's in the Bible. You want to know how to run a business? It's in the Bible. You want to know how to be happy? It's in the Bible. It's all in the Bible. Here's something he said. Here's how he ended the Sermon on the Mount. We read the two verses afterwards. Here's how he ended it. He said, now, if anyone hears this sermon and doesn't do it, he, he is like a man who builds a house on quicksand. 
That's in essence what he said. And, and, and the, here's what the people were thinking that day. What an idiot. What an idiot. And he said, but if you hear these sayings and you do them, you'll be like a man that builds on a solid rock foundation. How practical is that? See, here, here's what I'm trying to tell you. The Bible's not complicated. It, it's simple. It's easy. All right, here's number three. He taught graphically. He taught graphically. He was not boring like the rabbis were. He, 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 uh, let me tell you a couple ways he taught graphically. I'll tell you two ways. One is he painted pictures. Another, he told stories. Let me talk about it. He painted pictures for a moment. Jesus understood what many people are just now understanding about the human psyche, that we think in pictures, not sentences. That's the way we think. So, so he told these wonderful, he painted these wonderful pictures. So I just want to remind you of a few, all right? And see if you, see if you get it, because they got it. Okay, I'm, I'm going to do something a little different. Never done this in, during a message. Close your eyes. Trust me, I'm not, I don't have a water pistol. Close your eyes. Close your eyes and think about a camel. But see, you can do that. You easily, you can bring a camel up on the screen of your mind. One hump or two, that doesn't matter. I know some of you are thinking because you're very legal, I mean, uh, very detailed. <laughs> One hump or two, doesn't matter to me. Just think of a camel, okay? Now, see yourself standing beside the camel. And you know the camel's taller than you. See, you're standing there beside the camel. See yourself, all right? Now, look down in your fingers between your thumb and your uh, forefinger and see a needle. All right, see the needle? And you're standing beside the camel. Now, take that camel and shove it through the eye of the needle. All right, now, now you can look at me. What, what is the one word that comes to your mind when I say shove that camel through the eye of that needle? What's the one word? Impossible. What did they say that day? He said, that, that's how easy it is for anyone who has any stuff to get to heaven. That's how hard it is. They said, well, Lord, that's impossible. He said, bingo, you got it. You got it. It is impossible for you to get to heaven on your own, but it is possible for you to have a Savior who can get you there, no matter how much stuff you got. Are, are y'all following me? All right, close your eyes. I'll give you one more. Close your eyes. Think about a tree, a big, tall tree in the forest. Get your chainsaw out and cut it down. Don't let it fall on your car, okay? Cut it down. Now, cut off all the limbs. We're going to cut them off real fast. Got a real powerful chainsaw and cut the top off to where all you've got is a great big log left. We've all seen these logs, like, kind of like telephone poles, all right? You got a big log. Now, take that log and jam it in your eye. Okay, you, you can open your eyes now. But you remember, think about now, you got the log in your eye, and you're walking around. Everyone see that in your mind? That's why God created our minds. They're so wonderful. You got a log in your eye, and you try to help every person you find who's got a speck in his eye. Did you get it? Because they got it standing there that day. As a matter of fact, the Pharisees knew he was talking about them. They knew it. Do you want to know what our problem is? We don't know he's talking about us. 
we don't know he's talking about us because we got a big old log in our eye. Now, you don't have to close your eyes, but think of, he said, one time he said, think about a bird. Think about a sparrow. By the way, a sparrow, uh, and, and please don't, don't get offended by this, but th it's the most worthless bird there is. If you don't know that, they, they don't do anything. They don't help in any way at all. They do nothing. They're in, they're, the most insignificant is what he's trying to say. The most insignificant of all the birds. Here's what he said. Every time a sparrow dies, my father knows it. Now, listen to me. This wasn't an analogy because Jesus was truth. He couldn't, make a, he couldn't lie. Even though he told parables, they were, they were stories to help us understand. But he's, telling, he's, he's talking literally here. I, I uh, walked in our garage just a few days ago, and uh, Debbie saw it. There was a little bird dead. And I remember when I took the bird out to throw it away, I, I remember thinking the father knew the moment this bird died. That's what the Bible says. And then Jesus said, if he knows and cares about the insignificant birds, how much more does he know and care about you? Are, are you following me? Amen. He knows the number of hairs on your head or have fallen off your head. <laughs> he knows. Think about a flower. Think about a lampstand. Think about a coin. Think about a pearl. He's an incredible teacher. He just took these natural objects and taught us. So he painted pictures and he also told stories. And I'm going to tell you two stories and then we're finished. But you have to understand, a lot of times we don't get the stories in the Bible because he told them in the culture that he lived in. Jesus did, there was no reason for Jesus 2,000 years ago to say, uh, this guy got on a jet. There's no reason to say that. Although he knew all about jets and he knows how they work. Okay? But there's no reason because he's, he's living in that culture. But here's the one I want you to tell you. The, the stories, the, the truth of the stories are still relevant today. Because truth was talking. So what I want to do is take two of his stories, bring them up to modern day, all right? There, there was a, a man, this, this is the story Jesus told. But I'm going to change the culture, bring it up to modern day. There was a man driving on Highway 114, and he ran out of gas. And he was walking down the highway, and, and uh, some guys came along, a whole gang of guys, and, and beat him up and robbed him and stabbed him and left him bleeding on the side of the road. And the Archbishop of Dallas was driving by in his limousine. And the limo driver said, listen, there's a guy hurt. We, we, we ought to stop. And the archbishop said, I'm way too busy for something like that. we got to go. I'm sure someone will make the call on the cell phone. And then uh, a pastor of a really good church in South Lake. <laughs> was driving by. I'm not the hero of the story, by the way. You think I'm making myself out. I'm trying to let you know this is the way he told the story. And, and he's, he's driving by, and he sees the guy, and he thinks, you know, I would stop, but I'm going to teach the life group leaders on how to be compassionate. <laughs> and so I don't have time. And then a single mom, driving home after working her second job, to help her kids with their homework, and then to put them to bed and clean her own house, stops puts him in the car, takes him to Baylor Grapevine. He has no identification, so she signs for the bill and says, just send it to me. And then Jesus says, now which one showed compassion?
That's how easy it is. One more story. There was a man in Colleyville who was very successful. Had a very large home, two sons. One son helped in the family business. The other son just played, was rebellious, drank, did drugs. When he turned 18, he said, Dad, I want my Merrill Lynch Trust Fund, which wouldn't be worth much today. <laughs> but go with me on this, all right? His dad trusted God with his life and knew that he had to learn some lessons, and so he gave it to him. He got on a plane, flew to Vegas, rented a penthouse, spent all of his money on prostitutes, alcohol, drugs, and gambling. He ended up working in a flea bag place, cleaning the restrooms, getting sandwiches out of the dumpster, and thought, you know, the guy at the at the lowest rung in my father's factory is doing better than I am. I'm going to go home and I'm going to beg him to take me back because I know now I made a mistake. And the only way he can get home is by a Greyhound bus. He gets to the bus station. He's too, too ashamed to call his father to pick him up, so he walks to his house. And when he turns the corner on his father's street, He's walking down the street. The front door of his house breaks open. His father runs down the street, puts his arms around him, takes him to the house, has totally redone his room, filled his closet with new clothes, put a new car in the garage, throws a party for him. And he won't even let him say his I'm sorry speech. Do you know why? Because the father has been practicing his welcome home speech longer than you've been practicing your I'm sorry speech. And that's what Jesus came to tell us. He was an incredible teacher. And we got his teachings in a book. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. What's the Holy Spirit saying to you? What is Jesus saying to you? We want to pray for you. We want to minister to you. If you're here today or you're at the North Richland Hills campus and you're going through a difficulty, we want to pray for you. In just a moment, we'll stand. And when we stand, we'll have leaders at both campuses at the front. If you need prayer for any area of your life, then you come. Let us pray for you. Don't be embarrassed. It's really not embarrassing because there are a lot of people coming. So if you're here, either campus, and you need prayer, you come. Let us pray for you, okay? Holy Spirit, I pray you'll draw every person who needs prayer. In Jesus' name, amen.